Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. This is P. Just a little bit of a quick intro to this episode. I, of course, was about to record the biggest episode that we've had so far with William Mapon, my favorite artist, and my Wi-Fi died literally five minutes before. William's super busy, so we made it work using the internet off of my phone, tethered, but it wasn't so great. So at the beginning, the video quality is less than ideal when we're showing each of our faces, but once we go onto the screen, it all works out. So apologize for that, but still wanted to get this episode out because William goes deep on Dragons, which is an amazing collection and our first deep dive on an FX hash collection. So really excited for it. think you'll enjoy it and uh, pardon some of the video quality there. Thanks. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Into the Collection. My name is P. You may know me online as Aston Cloud. I'm joined with my co-host, Jared. You may know online as Jared underscore pause. And super excited, most excited I've ever been because we have my favorite artist, Mr. William Mapon, on with us. And we're going to do a deep dive into Dragons, which is also the first FX hash collection that we've jumped into. But before getting into all of that, Let's talk to our guest, William. How are you today? Good. I'm so excited to talk about this. And yeah, I just uh, finished another series, 1935, which takes me a lot of energy. So now that this is done, I can think and start to stay, to start to thinking into something else. So my 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 mind is free of this, so I can focus on something else. Yeah, and, and 1935 was spectacular. That was the bright moments drop in Mexico City. I collected one, huge fan, and we're excited to see what you go to next. Before getting to your questions, Jared, how are you? How are you doing, my friend? I am well-rested. Uh, as they say in Paris, I was just on holiday for the greater part of last week, so super fresh. My my wife spoiled me, uh, and we got some time on the beach, so I'm trying to hit the ground running, my man. And happy bladed birthday. It was the, the big 40th, right? Yeah. I, I, I oh. ticked over into a new decade, officially. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, amazing. So we're going to jump right in because William's super busy. And you know me, I'll talk forever, especially with someone as interesting as him. But we want to be respectful of your time. I wanted to ask, you're putting out so much interesting work these days. It seems like you're really pushing the boundaries of, of textures and digitally uh, creating textures. What are you interested in these days in, in terms of uh, pushing your craft and uh, where where do you want to take it in the next, uh, well, however far you have line of sight, six months, year? It's really an interesting question, art question, but I don't really know. I just know that I'm trying to find some ways to combine my analog practice and digital coding practice into making something new and i don't really know what it is but i'm just trying to figure it out basically and pushing as far as i can i just like you know practicing a lot uh, like painting and and drawing as well so when my 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 wrist is <laughs> is sewing basically i just try okay i'm gonna do the do just some, some coding and try to basically integrate what i understand and what i learned from my analog practice into my coding practice but i don't really know what i'm looking for i'm just 
trying to convey emotions. Like I'm trying to connect with my practice through coding because first of all, it, it just like talks to me. And this is the way I connect with, uh, with art through, through pieces that I see and can touch. And, and now I wonder how I can trigger those emotions and this connection through a screen, basically. So it's hard to articulate, but I don't really know. I'm just looking for something that is in the middle. I don't know what it is, but I'm trying to look for it. Yeah. I have to say, because P and I both come from an engineering background. So it's actually, I think, very refreshing to hear your response because it's you're allowing yourself the the bandwidth to to experiment and then really start to, at least my interpretation of it is run down whatever particular rabbit hole you want to and whatever is fruitful and start to scratch an itch that you have. So I actually really love that response. So so thank you for that because that's it, it keeps as a collector, it keeps us all on our at the edge of our seats. And at least for for me, it it's gonna make me want to to follow your Twitter even even closer to to see what sort of beautiful outputs are are coming because you're doing some tremendous work between palettes and textures, as Pete said. So yeah, in, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, I would say like colors is like a central piece of my work. Like I I try to find because color is like language basically, like shapes. I try to to see what the color can can do, like the play between colors, shapes, contrast, composition, all those aspects of art. How can I play with them, experiment, like distort them sometimes, maybe sometimes focus on something smaller. Yeah, that's that's what what that's what is beautiful with judging art. Like you don't have to find solutions to things like with some software engineering, just like like experimenting is Actually, the thing to do is not about finding solutions. Like I've been like a software engineer, creative developer uh, for, like, for like 10 years. So it was mostly about finding solutions to problems. And with art is, that's why I continue to practice art every day on the side of my day job is just to escape that reality and, and yeah, make, make stuff with your own personality. So as you're as you're experimenting these days, uh, you know one of the things that P and I have loved about anti-cyclones uh, was the the palettes. I think they were just uh, absolutely next level. I think that with dragons, for me, it's about texture and fluidity. Uh, there's just something magical. Not to steal one of your traits names about the the flow of every piece. Is there something? I'll call it that is uh got you excited about art or the space in particular these days? These days I'm mostly interested in when like generative art gets out of our little screen. Uh like installation, like what Bartman is doing, for example, or maybe what Mitri Sharnyak is doing with photography. So all those mix, like even Tyler, you no know, painting his QL, like all all these things. These things where generative art is just a component of something and not necessarily the, the full picture. Like I like to combine stuff and I think generative art is a great medium to combine different disciplines. That's awesome. I, I love that. And I love what you were saying earlier about the 
you didn't say it quite in these words, but the but the journey is the reward, right? The path of discovery and yeah. experimenting and finding Definitely, stuff. Yeah. And and to be honest, it's been a little bit like that for us with this podcast. You know, we've, we're refining it. And we were talking before. I'm now having Wi-Fi issues. I'm like, okay, now I need to like figure out how to experiment and, and make sure these problems don't uh, come up again. One thing that seems to be definitely different we're hearing from artists and we're experiencing ourselves is the connection between the artist and the collectors in Web3 is, is different than it was uh, very yeah. much so before. Love to hear your any thoughts you have on that and maybe how are you feeling about that? What are, are you experimenting in that way as well? Uh, you're here talking to us, with, which is amazing, you know, for us, it, it, you're this uh, amazing talent and to be speaking to us is uh, first, you know, we're very gracious, but yeah, how, how are you experiencing this new world? It's a lot of pressure, <laughs> a lot of things to handle, but because you know, when you're an artist, all this media, all those social network is you're not only an artist, you're also like a marketer, a writer, you have so many jobs to do and it can, it can be overwhelming. Like I, I am definitely overwhelmed by all this. So it's really hard for me to, to be there all the time, but I try to, and yeah, every time I try to connect, like I go through my DMs and stuff like that. And, uh, it's very good to connect with people about your, the things you do. And I think that's what like all the, the whole NFT and Web3 art uh, board that you can actually talk to living artists about their stuff. There's no in the middle like bar bar barrier. Like you can just talk to people because this is internet. You know, internet is to talk to people, like to connect with people. And I think having this medium as internet, you know, is a good bridge with art, like, like internet connects to people and art connects to people. So those two things makes a good mix. And I think, yeah, like you say, like being able to talk to other artists, other collectors is, I think uh, we are lucky to be in these uh, times because for a long time it wasn't like that. It was to, have, to, be, uh, to be able to talk to someone, to an artist you, you want to, it will be quite a journey. <laughs> but um, now it's getting, easier and easier. So definitely the human, the humanness is, I think is more present. Even if, even if it's all digital, we are more human because we connect more basically. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it, I'm glad you were, I appreciate that response being open and vulnerable about it. And it's, it's an interesting space because we are collectors and we are also creators. We're not artists, but what we are creating is this content and this podcast. And I think for us, as we've spoken with different artists and uh, sort of kind of analyzed different collections, what we've realized is that this is a 24 seven nonstop, like you can go crazy if you do, every, yeah. you can't even do everything. And I just want you to know from our standpoint as collectors, you know, if, if I send you a DM and you don't respond for a week or a month or not at all, it's no bad feelings. It's, you know, you're busy, you have your job, you have your family, you have life outside of those things also, and uh, you're just another human being. So hopefully that can take some of the pressure off and oh, I have to respond. And I think as long as you're being true to yourself, you know, some artists are super responsive. They want to be in discord all day, but that's what they like. Some of them 
don't step in for months. That's okay. I think us as collectors, we we respect that. So just uh, yeah, if that helps at all, I wanted. I don't want you to yeah, feel any appreciate, pressure. Appreciate, appreciate. Because yeah, sometimes I feel like uh, maybe I'm not doing enough. You know, but it's just that I don't want to. Just that, just that I can't. Like, like life, life outside is is more demanding for me. So I can't, I can't uh, spend all my time on internet basically. But um, yeah, I just try as much as possible to connect with people when I have time. So. You're doing Intrigue. an awesome job. And even the fact that you're here today uh, to share and, and do a deeper dive into one of your projects and really uh, facilitate our selfish need to scratch the itch of, of what is dragons, you know, it, it's more than generous. And and I have to say, on behalf of P and I, we're truly grateful. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, you're a big star, so I'm I'm wearing my squiggle beanie here that I got from Marfa. <laughs> I was at Marfa. I was in Mexico City for the bright moments. Like everyone's so excited for you as the artist. But I wanted to ask one more question before we jump into dragons: Is how about you as the the collector? I mean, I think every almost everybody in this space is a collector. Some are artists, some are doing other things, but everyone's collecting. Um, what are you collecting art? And if so, what are the, what's, in, what's exciting for you, like coming up? Like if, uh, where, where, what's the alpha, William? Do you have any alpha for people? <laughs> Not really. I started to collect Tezos initially, and it's still my main source of collection, mainly because it's an ecosystem that I understand. Like before NFT, uh, I was really like unaware of all this crypto stuff. Uh, and when NFT came along, uh, I was totally lost. And hopefully a friend of mine, Matt, Matt Deloye, helped me, helped me a lot getting on board. So like, okay, now I have my Tesla's wallet. I can collect, I can buy stuff, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is, I understand this ecosystem. And then Ethereum uh, came to me, you know, like, eh, this is a bit like, sounds like dangerous. You know, the, you, all, you, you have this, all this security, vibe to have on ethereum and i didn't i don't fully understand it so i tend to not collect that much on ethereum because it just just mostly that i don't interact mostly with this blockchain except for minting uh, with our blocks uh, mainly but yeah on fxh and object of yeah i collect a bunch when i have time and mainly I collect friends and and when I see something outstanding on Twitter, like and but because I'm not that much on Twitter, so I don't collect much stuff. But when I do, it's because oh I, oh yeah, I saw something on Twitter like everyone is talking about and I'm taking it and sometimes I don't I feel like yeah, it doesn't talk to me, but sometimes it does and yeah, I just trigger the button and, and buy it. What's a, a project that caught your eye most recently, just out of curiosity on FX Hash? What was the last one on FX Hash? Uh, let me check Not my... i put you on the spot. Sorry about that. Like I was going to ask I... the exact same question. Uh, the last one I collected was Gamalt. Gamalt, yeah, from Kronkarta. It's like a soft... It's, it's a sensible project, I feel, like, it's about like watercolor texture and sim really simple shapes like circles. And I was into this minimalist, 
like my life is, was really busy at that time when I collected it. And, and this was so simple, so gentle, so sensible and so minimalistic. I was like, this is exactly what I need now. And I collected a bunch, like, I don't know, maybe six, five. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this one was really very good. And recently I saw this thing that everyone is talking about. I don't remember how it is called. I don't, I didn't collect it yet, but I intend to. Like, let me see second. What's, what's the name of this again? Punk, Punk Welt, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. This one is really I good as well. That. I'm just, I, I, I didn't find one yet that, 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 that I want to collect. I don't want to collect because there is a hype or anything. So I'm going to rush into collecting anything. I just, I'm just waiting for the right output to be on sale and be like, okay, this one is for me and I'll collect. But, um, I, that I really like the, that. In the trending these days by Eric Swan, it's a very beautiful output with the the colors and the angularity of the pieces. So awesome. Very true. As well, I really liked also, like recently, I really liked, I think my favorite one, like for the last three months, is Take Wing from Melissa Wilrex. We, we just call her Melissa W. Melissa <laughs> W. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Melissa, if I scratch your name, but yeah, like Take Wing is really my stuff. Like, yeah, I just like, like this series a lot. Fantastic. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. Those are going to, those are going to moon as soon as this airs, but uh, no, those are all fantastic collections that, that we've seen really beautiful ones. I actually have a Take Wing. Uh, I haven't gotten a Punk Wealth yet. Same thing. I'm, I'm looking for the one that speaks to me. So I'll, I'll, I'll also look. Um, I'll make sure I'll tell you before so I don't accidentally buy yours. <laughs> <laughs> ah, wonderful. Okay, so let's jump into dragons. Again, I think I said this at the top. We're really excited because we have not yet done a deep dive onto FX hash collections. So this is the first one. And we think that there's something really special and interesting happening on, on FX hash and with the experimentation and all the openness. And, you know, if we have time afterwards, we can talk about that too. But I'm going to share my screen now for people listening on audio. And, uh, you know, so we, I don't know if you had a chance to look ahead of time, William, but uh, we are, uh, we, we create these DECA galleries for these deep dives. And we really try to, you know, in this Web3 generative art world, what's so interesting is that we are, you know, we, we are, have these different metadata and these traits that are coming into the collections. And so it's it's really cool to see how does this different trade translate into the visual output and to understand how you are constructing the the piece as well. So uh, we laid it out here and we have some questions for you. And since you are the master, you created this, we, we tried to figure out what the different translate into, but of course we need your help. So just a, a tiny bit of backstory for the people listening. Uh, this is the collection is called Dragons by William Upon. It's widely considered, uh, you know, one of the best, if not the best on FX hash. And there's, you know, I don't even know how many thousands of collections on there. So that's a, not a small feat. This was released on December 7th, 2021. And uh, yeah, we, you know, I think we can just dive in. It's 512 pieces. Currently, the floor price is about six thousand us dollars it's about six thousand oh. tezos 
sold and launched at 25 Tezos. So it's uh, done extremely well. And, and you'll be, you know, the listeners, the viewers, you'll see why. And so please check this out on YouTube if you're listening, because we're going to go through a lot of these things. And yeah, we can we can go ahead and dive into it. And, you know, I, I guess before we go into, well, I'll show some of the artwork here on the screen, but I wanted to ask you, William, what, uh, you know, did this art build on any techniques or were you experimenting with any new techniques? Like, how did this uh, sort of manifest from you? Yeah, it's funny because like, this series, I, I started it way before FXH came in. So it wasn't supposed to to be released as it is now. Like, it was supposed to be something uh, generated and maybe put as a collection on, on whatever website like Abjikati. But then Fixash says, oh yeah, I'm here out of the blue, like in November or something like that. I'm like, okay, maybe I can actually make it a generative token. So at that time I was working a lot with texture. Like as I was saying, uh, I like analog practice. So I just bought about a bunch of paper uh, scan, scan them, use them in my code. And, and I really wanted to make some flows, like, like you said before, like, how can I make something really smooth? Because I don't know what, like humans have a, have a really strong connection with curves and, and lines and how they, they flow together along the screen or piece or canvas, something like that, much more than geometric the geometric you feel really i i at least i do a very like condensed and, and it's, it's way more stressing when we have sharp geometries and it's more about composition how it plays together like geometry for me is more playful and like curves and and flaws is more about emotions so i wanted to experiment first with this um and yeah so i wanted to basically how can i create little creatures made of like you know like little pokemons basically uh, that can convey personality like they all have their personality how like if, if they could speak what would be their language either language by by color palette maybe they all talk the same language i don't know to be a and I really wanted to create a small world of of Pokemon, basically, yeah, small creatures that that are each like very different, but at the same time very similar. So that's that's what Dragon is about. I think you did a phenomenal job in that sense. Honestly, I, I, every time I look at one of these pieces, I, I feel as though uh, we're looking at the scales of a dragon, like ruffling through the wind as it flies um you know somewhat in a in a magical sense so uh, i i think you you definitely nailed it yeah and just as a small uh, aparte uh, i really like the movie dragons actually um i think i never said that but uh yeah like how to train the dragon you know this, this like animated movie from disney Maybe pixar? pixar yeah pixar yeah yeah, I like I love this one, and and yeah, it's like everything keeps like w when I made dragon, everything kept coming at me like dragons. Like I, I started you know, experimenting with scales, and 
at some point I was like, okay, this reminds me from scales of dragon. I was like, okay, I'm gonna dig into this like to, as much as I can, and this is what came came out. That's awesome. I just googled it. It looks like it's DreamWorks because we all just default to Disney and Pixar, which is funny because I, that was William and I have some little kids, so that's what I default to also. Um, <laughs> the the first category I'd like to dig into is is up on screen and it's age. Do you mind shedding some light? Because I am not uh, an expert by any stretch in this particular category about uh, how this trait you know affects some of the outputs yeah basically actually the, the age is how like vivid and excited a dragon is like the, the more color and basically it, it translates with the, the gray you know when when humans or maybe some like sometimes dogs or other creatures animals gets more older they be like their the hair becomes grayer that's what I wanted to translate. So when when someone is very really young, there is no gray air, basically. And the more it, it ages, the more gray it appears. That's what I wanted to make. Something a little a little notion of time of age and and yeah, basically the more the older dragon is, the wiser it is. Because there is there is this uh, thing with uh, Chinese, you know, culture where where the the older you get, the wiser you you are, and I wanted to translate a bit that feeling, like being gray and old isn't bad, you know, it's actually better. <laughs> that, that's super playful. I, I it sounds so. Once you said it, I was like, oh my god, my I had my palm to my head. It, it it's actually really once you see it on screen here. As P scrolling, it becomes very evident. And it's to be honest, from my perspective, it adds a different dynamic to to the art in a very pleasant way, seeing that I just crossed uh, my halfway point in life to to my 40s. So it's a really intriguing to see it on screen. That's very insightful. Yeah, I really like that, William. And actually for for you, Jared, I'll I'll tell you both something interesting. Uh so I I was uh, training to be a dermatologist, William. I, I don't know if you knew this before. I fell in love with like Web three and generative art, and now I'm full time in generative art. But when I was going through my interviews in different programs, training programs, I met somebody who discovered why our her hair turns gray, and it turns out it's it's a sign of your immune system maturing, and it's mm. just sort of a side effect that it also influences the you know, the, the DNA, the proteins that bring color to your hair. So, uh, yeah, so that, that it's, you know, I was nice. trying to figure this one out. I'm glad I didn't guess because I was completely wrong. And for the people listening and, and not on screen, we're showing, uh, four dragons. These are on the vegetably type, which is an awesome palette, uh, color scheme here. And, uh, we have numbers four, 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 number 32, uh, which is young number 155 and number 269. And on the age trait, William, I noticed that all of the ones that were age 16 were of the, the ones that turned gold, the, the status turned gold. I was curious about that, why you chose that number for the ones that became gold. Yeah. You know, there is all this culture of afterlife and, and I wanted like, I'm not, I don't know if I believe in afterlife or not, but with this series, I wanted to 
play with this concept basically and and yeah like the like gold is like you're not once you're dead you're not forgotten you know i, I could have made something like you turn all black or you turn all gray if you're like done but i wanted to make something like no if you if you made it to that point in, in life you're just glowing and you you passed you passed the the, the threshold where you, you're kind of a legend now you're all in all memories and shining in memories something like that and yeah i, I didn't want to have the the older being the the forgotten basically I have to say, the, the more and more we engage with artists, and, and I appreciate this perspective, I'm just going to take a little digress. The amount of thought that goes into these projects is absolutely mind-blowing. And, and I love these interviews because little tidbits like that start to come out where just looking at the art, it can make you feel something, it can make you feel connected. But even just hearing that perspective allows me to have a greater appreciation for what you're doing because the the amount of thought and the depth and breadth of thought that goes into these is absolutely incredible and, and we're only on the first trade so i'll, I'll <laughs> save all of my uh my enthusiasm as we go but thank you yeah and and, and jared what you know uh one thing i want to just take a step back william and you know we for the people listening you know we typically talk about why did we choose this collection? So, and we have a framework actually. We we're both engineers as well, so we we break it down. So, I you know the first thing is the aesthetics. Like this is just so beautiful. Uh, so many people that I talk to are just obsessed with this collection, and actually I think it's growing more and more. And so, it checks the box on the aesthetics, and the breadth of the collection is amazing. I mean, you know we're about to go through all the traits, all the different types, which is sort of sometimes called palettes in the other collections, but the color schemes. So the breadth is fantastic, yet everything feels really cohesive. And we also think about the artist. Like you are, you know, like I said before, you're one of the best artists, uh, if not, in my opinion, you're the best um, because I love all your work. Uh, but <laughs> Thank you, man. Also, so, so, you know, willing to engage in building this community, which is huge as well. And the best collectors have this, this uh, collection. And I, I just wanted to go through this both our framework for our listeners and for you to know how we are collectors are thinking about this, you know, aesthetics for long form breadth. Who's the artist? Are they cool? You know, do they show up for the community? Not all the time, like you're saying, but just sometimes they seem interested in, in who's collecting the art. And then who are the other people buying it? And, you know, a lot of the influential people in the space are, are buying it. And the one thing we also think about is historic significance. And I think this collection really kind of blew up FX hash. Uh, and I, you know, just really put some of this Tezos art on the map in a, I know it's a weird distinction, but before there was some bias and now I, you know, seriously, I have people with, this is their favorite collection. They, they cannot stop. They're obsessed with it. And I, I was telling you before, one of my friends, we were on the phone and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to buy one. And he bought, you know, at that time, that was the highest sale. I think it's 6,500 Tez and it's, it's, it's building more and more. So these, these dragons are really flying, uh, pun intended, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> yeah. I think whatever the, the chain, the blockchain or the platform, I, I don't want to, to hold back. Basically, I just want to put my best at the current time I am. So that, that was dragon 
when I released it. It was my the best I could do. Got, I mean, not, for, not necessarily the best I could do in terms of rendering or it's most like when I I really like to think my stories in terms of like as you say like two components like aesthetics and what I wanted to say. And that's why I think I take a long time before making a, a long form with a lot of editions is because I try to connect those two components and make something that's really like that's something I'm proud of. And I have a lot of stuff on my computer that I won't release ever. Like I have a lot, a lot, a lot, but that could make something like Android edition, but it looks good, but the concept is like, eh, and it don't really reflect me. So I just let it down. But the dragons is for the first time when I was, okay, the, I succeeded to keep the concept until the end and the aesthetics match what I wanted to say. So, and yeah, and I think that was the platform right for me at, the, at that time. Like Tezos, I was already on Tezos. So why not try FXH? Who was who like really new, and I really like to experiment with things. Like I'm not afraid to experiment. So like, yeah, maybe this platform is not our blogs yet, but uh, still worth a shot. And you know why not taking a risk? I'm so amazed that every time you know P mentioned this about a top sale, every time one sells, uh, even at 15% royalties, you're your cut is still more than the original mint. I think it's just the powerful, the, the power of art in general, and then also the power of the blockchain being able to record all of this. So uh, just a moment to reflect, especially with royalties being at the, the the limelight these days. To me, this is just the the validation of you put out this amazing art. It's had a deep resonance with people. And as the creator, you should see some of the fruits of that labor it's just it's absolutely brilliant in in the process and to go back to what you're saying thank you for for releasing it and it's actually amazing to hear that like this project or at least what i heard is it um, it not only captured your i'll call it your your, your need for tinkering but the outputs uh the met the the aesthetic you know i'll call it high watermark that you you've established so if this is the the amount of thought uh, that you put into a project and, and your your baseline for releasing something i have to say i'm sounding like a fanboy but i'm I'm super excited because it's not not to put pressure on you but it's it's amazing that the, the your ability to to capture art aesthetics and, and code all in in one place it's it's really really awesome to see yeah, thank you. It, it, I think it's definitely what I like to do, like using my coding skills to translate what I like to make with my hand, and but way faster, way like I can explore way further as well. So yeah, it always ends up in a place I couldn't imagine, but still reflects what I wanted to say at at the beginning and what with the good aesthetics. So this takes time, but it's always worth it. Worth it, I think, to you know, to take the time, sit down, maybe, maybe throw everything to the bin if it doesn't match. Maybe keep it, but but yeah, take take the time to make stuff. Take the time to say what you want to say, 
I think it's it's important for an artist to yeah to to just say what you have to say in the way you see it basically because it's just a perspective you know it's a point of view like it's a point of view of me of of the artist of in the artist like we could say the same thing and it will be represented in a million way different like so yeah i think it's important to always have something to say when making something uh, even if you don't say it in, in the direct description or or whatever but creating with intent i think is important in art absolutely and i think that your emotion that you were trying to convey really comes across and people feel it in this collection and i didn't say it earlier but i love what you were saying about pokemon because I think in this way, long form generative art with these traits really allows you to lean into that collectability aspect. And I was obsessed with Pokemon. I won't reveal too much, uh, <laughs> but you know, like that first, uh, the first when we looked at age. So here on the screen, the vegetably palette that reminded me of, you know, like a Bulbasaur or some of these grass Pokemon. Mm, yeah. Right? And then now um, we we can move on to atmosphere which is the mud watery type. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a Squirtle or maybe one of those like mud and ground type Pokemon. So I'll, I'll stop being super nerdy about it. And maybe you can uh, explain to us. So there's there's two options for atmosphere. There's hazy. So here on the screen, we have number 333 on the left and 454 on the right. And then there's also the dry atmosphere. And yeah, so, you know, what, how does this one translate? How are you thinking about this and putting it into the art? Like hazy is much more like it is a lot like an environmental like thing. I was much more thinking how where those dragons are flying and what is the the particularity of air in in this environment. So when it's dry, everything looks more sharp basically, and when it's hazy, it's much more like fog, foggy because you know then the the light is how to say this uh, is you know, diluted. Like the light is diluted into a lot of rays, so everything becomes blurry. And that's what I wanted to to convey. Like, how can I make like a mysterious environment? Like, is it is it like blue sky? You know, no fog, no rain, so you see clear, or is it something really muddy? foggy, like cloudy, and then you're not sure about what you're seeing. And this is what I wanted to yeah, convey with this parameter. Got it. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you can really see the, the, the diffraction of that light here in these hazy options. Yeah, diffraction. It was a wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I was thinking of it too, and it just came to me. But yeah, it's beautiful. And for the people listening, there are only 79 that are hazy. Far more of them are dry. 432 that are the the dry types and it's it's beautiful i really enjoy that uh, element that incorpor is incorporated into this and I, I think another one that has to do with the background so the next one that we have up here is the uh, environment category so for the people listening uh, up on uh, only listening up on screen we have number 80 which is a black and white environment. Yeah. And then we have number 158, which is colorful environment. And then 509, which is Aurora. And uh, most of them are black and white. There's 344 that are black and white. 134 are colorful background. And 33 are the Aurora, which is just fantastic. I love that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it, this is one that I could actually figure out, but I'm curious uh, what was the uh, artistic intent here? How are you thinking about these these backgrounds? This really has to do with, again, with where, where is this flying? Where is the dragon is flying? Is it like, like on earth, you know, where you have different lands or, or grounds or seas or, you know, whatever? Is it into the the void, like in space, or is it like in space, but with like stars, like meteors. And this is basically the, the three, the three parameters, the, the three options, like black and white is fully void, like super abstract. Uh, and the colorful adds, adds a bit of you know, ground, grounding the dragon somewhere. Uh, that you could recognize if you have a bit of imagination, maybe like the orange is something, you know, like the mud or something very, I would say like very muddy. And yeah, aura is really the magical ones, like, you know, like Pokemons, like you have those rare Pokemon that appears in the sky and you're like, oh my God, they're flying. Is it like, is it, is it, is it a rainbow? What What is it, you know, and you're like, Oh yeah, I can just, you can have distinctions, like slight distinctions. So, so you recognize it's a dragon, but at the same time you're like over, overwhelmed by the stars, this, those meteors. And you're like, oh, okay, this is, and you start to have some kind of depth and you don't know if it's going under or over. And yeah, it's like, it's like swimming between stars, basically between meteors and stars. And yeah, those ones are prayers, basically, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I didn't realize, so to some extent with the Aurora ones, the the wings of the dragons, they're, they're in between the background as yeah. opposed to being in front of it. That's super cool. I Yeah, these are very rare, only 33. I was lucky to find one recently. I'm so excited to have it. And thank you for building that. And it's such a cool, really, really interesting uh, trait to to build into this collection. Awesome. So I have so many questions for you, but I want to make sure we get through all these. So we're just going to kind of go through the other traits and hear, hear how you were thinking about them. Magical. I love this trait. I think I was able to figure this one out. So here we have it on the, the lackey type. Uh, number 60 and number 101 are have the magical trait. And then number 21 and 380 do not. Yeah. Do you want to explain to folks what this one is? and uh, what you were hoping to express with it? Yeah, Magical is a bit like Aurora, but much more dragon dependent. So like with Aurora, it's only like all the particles and all the atmosphere is like space related. So you have some, you know, this nice palette with the purple and stuff like that. but with all the magical type is, it's more about the dragons, like what, what will be the colors, you know, of the particles. So it's much more like a, something that's when the dragon flies, it unleashes sands, you know, something like that. And yeah, what, how does it translate on the dragon, basically with particles when it flies? Uh, and yet the particles can change color and stuff like that, but it's really similar to 
Aurora, but it's dragon related. It's very local to dragons and not not to the environment. Got it. So it's more where the the wings are, if you will, and not in the background. Yeah, where you have the colors and the dots. And this uh, is actually it's subtle, but it, it's one of, if not my favorite trait in the in the collection because it, it just the little pops of the stars uh, make for a really, really, in my opinion, different dynamic to each of the the, the pieces, and and I really, really like the the effect that 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 starry night has on on the palettes. It's beautiful, subtle, but like it pops. Yeah, it's very subtle. Yeah, I agree. I really like this one because I wanted to remove it at first, and then I would like make it very subtle, and so. So yeah, it's not that obvious, but um, and it just adds more texture as well. But yeah, I, I agree. This one is really good. It also adds to that whimsical nature of like if you envision the dragon flying. You know, I always think of like the never ending, never ending story for like a, a dragon flying, and then you could really picture this dragon in a starry night. So it really adds to that visualization of of flight, so to speak, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. And I'm I'm very glad you kept this trade in because I also think it's awesome. It's one of my favorite. And the good thing is it's about 50%. So 223 have this trade, whereas 288 do not. So I'm also glad you, you chose to make it not super rare because then a lot of people can enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I had already Aurora being super rare. So this one I wanted to have a lot of people to have it. Yeah, it, absolutely. Like this, this it's so nice. I I love it so much. Uh, so, yeah. And actually, William, while we're on here on the screen, I I wanted to ask you. Uh, this is a question that came up that I don't think is really in the traits, but uh, with the algorithm, how is it determined if so? On screen number sixty on the left, how the the dragon body, if you will, is covering almost the whole image and it's really going left to right mostly horizontal but then sometimes the dragons they're moving a little bit more diagonally so this one number 101 is a little up and to the right um, yeah. how did you think about that in the algorithms i don't think it's one of the traits if it is you can tell me hey we'll, we'll get to it but it, <laughs> if not yeah how, how was that randomized i suppose or how did you think of it um yes it's not it's not a trait but i wanted to have multiple views of the dragons because when you look up to the sky and you see stuff like the cloud or you know anything, the star, like a planet, you you, you always have a different view uh, whether you're you know, in different parts of the world or if the the clouds are, are if there is any cloud or if the the sky is clear. So I want I really wanted to have different views of the dragons. Maybe it's zoomed out, maybe zoomed in. So you can really appreciate different things. Uh, when it's zoomed, zoom, zoomed in, you can appreciate this, the, the scales of the dragons. When it's zoomed out, you can appreciate more the, of the flow and the general uh, shapes. And sometimes, and I also wanted to make them, sometimes you feel like there is multiple dragons in one dragon. And I think there is some like that. I don't remember which one, but I think some are zoomed out and you can 
guess that there is multiple dragons flying into the same one. And I couldn't have the, the, those feelings with a locked view. So I, so I chose I chose to have both. Ah, this is super interesting. So then the ones that have more like kind of black background space is, is considered more zoomed out with a yeah. further out perspective. Ah, okay. Really cool. Well, you know, one thing, William, that we notice as collectors is even traits that are not in the metadata, we start kind of coalescing around them and trying to find them. So now that we know about this, I'm going to be <laughs> on the lookout for the, for the zoomed out ones and maybe the multiple dragon traits. Yeah, my preferred one are the zoomed out because it translates. Again, this area, I don't know if I could find back this scene from Pokemon when I was a kid, but it, it it's a scene really from uh, maybe the first episode, maybe the second episode, where like the EO sees like a like a magical uh, bird in the sky, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Oh my god, what is it?" And she's a really zoomed out view, and it just looks so magical. And and yeah, those dragons zoomed out reminds me. So it's definitely something really subjective, but I like those better <laughs> oh man we could nerd out on pokemon for so long yeah i was thinking it's like one of those legendary like bird pokemons that in the show they're like oh my god what is that and it's like you see it once in your life type of thing yeah exactly yeah yeah so cool um all right so uh, silky the, the next category we have here is silky this is the punky palette which is an awesome palette and the, the first two, number 327 and 432 here on the screen, those are, uh, yes, they have the silky trait. And then the uh, 46 and 22 do not have the silky trait. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think I know this one, but I would love to hear from you. Yeah, this one is quite simple. It's basically uh, in some areas of the dragon, you have a lot of hair to be like a bit furry. And it looks like a bit like a cloth uh, or something like that, like very textile. I, I just wanted to have more texture, but with, with just shapes. Shapes. So the silky ones are like they're very hairy. Basically, you, you know you can grab them <laughs> and ride them properly. While you, when you don't have the silky uh, feature, it will be a bit more difficult to grab them because you know less hair yeah though no, that this makes perfect sense and while we are on this there's another thing that i noticed that perhaps you could call out that i don't think is in the metadata so for the people on screen number 432 on the right here is it seems like the the hairs are thinner in this dragon yeah. Than yeah. the one on the left is that in the metadata somewhere, or how did you think about that? Either no, it's not. It's not in. It's not a feature, but it's not. It's just something like I have a lot of things in, in feature in feature that don't. I don't want to expose them all. Uh, mm -hmm. Just want to be able to find them, you know, <laughs> in the collection. But yeah, it is a good example. Like this one, have a lot of very thin hair. Yeah. It's good. It's very, it's very good. And thin and gray, man. That's like my dragon right there. That's right. You turn 40. You got to only buy the thin gray dragons. That's uh, 
No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, actually, um, you know, towards the end, I showcased all of the palettes that we didn't already show here, looking at the categories. And one of them, I purposely picked only the thin ones because I was going to ask you then, but I thought, you know, I'll just ask you now. Uh, but that's, it's, it's uh, I mean, I just want to tell you that I know this was your first long form collection, but you really nailed it with the collectability and knowing your, your love and uh, Pokemon, it, it makes sense. Uh, because these things, we love finding them. I mean, I, I was putting together this gallery. I was like staying up late. I was like, oh, this is so much fun. I'm finding this. Or what does this mean? So, yeah, it's really, really engaging. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah, definitely my first collection. And I wanted to create something we can relate, relate to. Because anti-section and even the, the further uh, series are much more about my experience and my emotions. But with Dragon, it's with probably something I wanted to put out there and create some, from nothing something that you can, you could, you know, identify, you could relate to. And yeah, it was really a fun exercise as well, you know, to, 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 put, to, to incorporate all this dynamic of collectibles into one collection. Yeah, it's really, really like, this user experience, if we're talking from a software standpoint, the user experience is excellent, <laughs> having this, this this collectability. So the next category I want to talk about is uh, very, very interesting. So it's status, and the vast majority of them have status living, 494. So I didn't put them up on the gallery, but there are three that have a unique status. And we talked about this first one a little bit. It's called Turned Gold. And so we have number 374 on the left, which is special. I'll come back to that one. Then we have number 311. Oh, sorry, I didn't put 374. Never mind. I'll, I'll get to that later. But on the left, we have 311, 175, and then uh, 260. There's only six of these, and they're obviously beautiful. And uh, one thing that's subtle, and the reason I set them up this way, is the, the one on the left, 311, and then the one on the right, 260, they have the temperature unstable, which we'll get to, whereas the one in the middle has the stable temperature. But uh, maybe I'll just talk through all th three of these, William, and then you can uh, just discuss how you're thinking about them, because they're all so rare and interesting. You know, so there's turned gold, which I just mentioned, and then there's raw, which are these really black and white ones. And so on the left, we have 456, and then we have 460 in the middle, and 355 on the right. And then finally, we have Equis. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's uh, My French is bad. Esquis. Okay, there you go. Thank you. And uh, there's here we have number 41, number 292, number 237. And Equis, there's only four of them. Ra, there's six. Uh, and I misspoke. Turn gold, there's seven. So yeah, uh, why why did you incorporate these and uh, maybe uh, what yeah what were you trying to express or, or which legendary Pokemon? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to answer that one, but uh, yeah, I'd love to hear you, you talk through to the listeners on on these traits. Yeah, basically, Eskis is very. But to translate my how I started to how I started this series, basically by drawing on a sketchbook some stuff, and I wanted to and. It looks good on my sketchbook, so I wanted to translate it as well into the series. And it really gives, you know, this, this uh, like sketchbook step into the series because most of the time uh, with a series of an artist, you see the sketchbook um, step like maybe later, maybe, maybe never, maybe 
in, exhi in, in exhibition and you and you discover on place oh yeah those are the sketch the sketch the sketches of the the series okay i get it now but with this one i wanted to put the sketches into the series as well so to say oh yeah this is the beginning of my you know of my thinking basically and it looked good so i was like oh yeah it it matches perfectly the series so let's keep it yeah no it looks amazing and it, it you know you're talking about the sketchbook i know you have the graphite type and anti-cyclone so this is a, a common thread yeah yeah definitely with with the raw aspects it was much more about you know when you're about to be born you don't know you don't know what what you are yet you're like you're you're not defined basically you're not defined yet and you will be about to so you just know a couple of things like your scales and and your your length or your shapes but that that's it you don't don't have any clue about your environment your colors which will be defined by your environment um so yeah i wanted to to really have those living steps into the series like from esquisse from Don Gold, and it's basically the life of a dragon. And this is what how I imagined it. Like a dragon starts as a sketch and finishes as gold. Oh, it's beautiful. And and yeah, that the, the raw part is just after the esquisse step. So yeah, you're about to to go you know into the world and be prepared. But yeah, you're already beautiful. So you can you can show yourself already. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, I wish I'd known that beforehand. I would have put them in the opposite order on this uh, on this gallery. But yeah, this is so cool. And one thing, actually, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. There's there's a gold one that's unique, but I'll, I have that later, so we'll show it. Jared, do you want to ask about temperature? Yeah, and, and I guess the one parting thought is the the raw is is one of my favorites for the the, the collection, and it actually is somewhat of a painful. <laughs> I say that jokingly because he and I were going to go in on halves on a raw. And by the time we uh, figured out that we were going to go forward, somebody was quicker to to pull the trigger and was actually uh, sniped it up within 15 minutes of it listing. So it's beautiful. It's something that's uh, near and dear to, to us specifically. But I also just think that uh, with that backstory, it, it makes it uh, all the more beautiful and, and, <laughs> And a little bit more painful, <laughs> but that being said, for for temperature, you know, P put on the the deck of gallery utilizing the fruity uh, type, and there's two types of uh, it's very binary. It's either stable or unstable. I felt as though, and I'm gonna take a stab at this, knowing full well, I'll probably be somewhere um, in the wrong, but I'm starting to get a gist of of maybe. William's intent, but the this the unstable kind of felt like a, the temperature could be literally all over the place. You know, hot is kind of where my brain goes to versus stable. It's a consistent temperature. There seems to be a little bit more, I'll call it solidarity to the the actual scales of the dragon. How did I do, William? Yeah, this one is very subtle. Subtle, like the say how to explain this the the unstable will be 
would it have anything to do with like maybe the the focus on the scales it, it's clear no it's clear actually okay it's clear <laughs> it's, it's easy to explain uh like the unstable if you go up a bit like you'll see that the colors across the dragon is very like there's a like a gradient and basically this means the the head is is burning and and the tail is not so the 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 temperature is not constant along the dragon while with table but with table the color palette is is stable basically there is no gradient and and yeah the color palette is the same across the world dragon um and the idea behind this was i'm flying you know like a like a star but at some point i'm i'm going so fast that i can't control my temperature enough and then i start burning and when you when you start burning a gradient appears like with a meteor so that's that's the idea ah that's super interesting and in this case you know it seems like that even though it's the same uh, color palette or the same type fruity the unstable ones seem to bring a different color is it just that the stable ones are yeah maybe it's showing the whole gradient but the unstable ones are maybe you're only seeing part of it maybe you're only seeing the tail or something of the dragon so you're not seeing the full range yeah maybe you're just not seeing the full range i guess but yeah in this example uh, you have on screen um basically just i have like a like a speed thing in my code and yeah if you go too fast <laughs> you start burn growing and it's not necessarily like a bad thing just means that you're going to be unstable and you can't you can't control your colors enough anymore sorry um so yeah that that was the idea like it's all about speed and how you fly through space like a meteorite 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 uh, yeah like, almost like a tail right like the tail you see in a comet That's yeah thing. comets yeah, perfect. Comments. Yeah, you see that color gradient now that you pointed out. Can't can't unsee it. Yeah, no, this is super cool. Like I really enjoy that. And it, it adds a lot of variety because it, you know, visually the unstable ones, not just in this palette, but in a lot of palettes, they look a little bit different um, or have a different color scheme. And uh, you know us, we're gonna we're gonna nerd out on this, William. We're gonna say, okay, how many of the fruity type are have this color versus that uh and <laughs> <laughs> so this this is super exciting uh, for us and uh, it's about the same 223 unstable uh, oh i'm sorry i read that wrong 113 unstable so unstable is more rare and 398 that are stable yes i still wanted to have a lot because i don't consider this a bad thing like it it's okay to be to be fast you know and to fight to fight at, at high speed but so that's not something very rare, just something different. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I, I yeah, 100%. And I'm glad you did that because this this is good. It's like, it's a little bit rare, but not too rare. So this is a nice sweet spot as well. Um, so William, the, the last thing I did here is uh, we have all the different types uh, or sometimes called palettes in other collections. And yeah. uh, I, you know, 
would love to hear from you. Uh, you know, you go first, and then Jared. Like, do you have any favorites of the types? And we can we can jump around. I highlighted them all here. I mean, we'll we'll go through them all, of course. But uh, are there any that you particularly like more than others? I know they're like your children, so hard to say. But it's very hard to say. But maybe vegetably is my preferred one. Royally as well, like that deep blue. Like I love I love blue, and I really try to make that blue very deep. And especially when you know, like the third one is really like those are my preferred one. When you have a colorful environment and and the blue just is so welcoming. I don't know. It's it's so good. I don't know. Uh, yeah, vegetable does the same effect on me uh, when we have a colorful output with the the background being green as well. It's really nice. So yeah, I think those two. I I don't know. It's really hard. There's so <laughs> many I like. I, I, I'll stop putting you on the spot, but yeah, so the vegetably, for those on the screen, I scrolled up to when we were looking at category age. I love the colorful background. I think all of these are also colorful background, not only vegetably, but also colorful background. And I'll just go really quick because blue is also my favorite color. I just, I love it. And uh, I really also like the royalties with the blue, the sorry, the colorful back background. So this one on screen the one that William mentioned was 338 on the right there. And uh, I, I love that you put Mario Kart in here. I was like, uh, I wish I could play Mario Kart with William someday, but probably I'd be too competitive and it would be, you know. Yeah, this one is very part of me, I guess, because when, like little story, uh, when I was making dragons, my child was just uh, born, basically. And it was a very difficult moment for me because I had to make art, have a full-time job and and raise a baby. And and while he was sleeping uh, with my partner, we were always playing Mario Kart. And those colors just got printed into my eyes and sometimes somehow I couldn't see anything else. So yeah, those colors are like part of me, definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And And William... Just one, you know, we we have about five minutes until um, you you were saying your time that you have to leave. Uh, uh, just give you the heads up. Yeah, Mario Kart is is fantastic. Absolutely love it so much. It's so many great memories. I, I think people in our our generation, we just resonates with us. Uh, so I I loved Mario Karty. I loved Royally. I really really enjoyed Flowery. It was beautiful. Uh, this magical yeah. flowery yeah. in the middle. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was hard for me also because I picked four and then I went through and I was like, oh, I got to go back. Like maybe I have to need to revise this. And then Acidy is, yeah, this is, I mean, you know, the crypto uh, web three world, you see acid colors a lot. I think it's a little bit of the culture right now, but this one, you really <laughs> nailed it. You really, really nailed it. And uh, I want to give Jared a chance to say which ones are his favorite. Uh, he had picked a few here and then and then we can scroll through the rest. But well, I think this is the... Part of the brilliance of, I think, what William does with uh, palettes in particular is we all have a different perspective and we're all pulling from from different angles within the collection. I mean, the, I call it a Mar Ocarti, it reminds me just of like a fun fatty, like cupcake or cake, like a, like a birthday. And it's something that I, I absolutely was drawn to. It's something my wife loved as we were getting together. So it just felt so fun and playful. I, I love the way the the colors just intertwined in a little bit. 
And then the other one was uh, Groundy, which to me had this beautiful Tiffany blue and these like subtle pops of, of peach. And actually a fun fact for, for William is uh, I actually proposed to my wife in Paris and then we went to the, the Tiffany store. So, so for, it's a very much a, a, a special place and a special palette for me too. Congratulations, man. Thank you. So yeah, it, it just, it's something the way that it all combined uh, together. It was absolutely brilliant to me. Those are kind of two that, uh, and, and the, the vegetably is just stunning to me. Like, I, I don't know why, like I'm, I'm not very much a green, I'm not pulled to it, but that one almost unanimously is, is absolutely stunning every single time I, I look at one. So very, very well executed. And I'm sorry for talking over you. I'm just like getting excited because Jared and I also, we messaged about Pastelli, which I didn't even see it before. And it's so nice. And and this one on the right here, uh, which is, uh, let me see, let me find the number here. Yeah. So beautiful. Like how the, the green got incorporated into the background there. Uh, well, maybe not the background, but it, it looks like the, one of the most crazy Aurora ones that I've seen 178. And yeah, I, sorry, William, I just have to ask you two questions. So this Pastelli one on the right of the screen here, 178, mm -hmm. how did so much green come into this? It was just one of those like special things that happens with the generative art. Basically, when I, when I was making my, my palettes, like this is a, some kind of dynamic like generative palettes as well. Uh, like I have some hard-coded palettes and then I try to figure it out how to find the best um, other color that goes well with, with them. And with this, it was like the, the pink-ish um, color. So if you turn the color wheel, basically if you turn the color wheel from pink to the other side, it should be red. And that's basically how I made the, the environment for those one where the there is little scales, but the environment is showing through. What will show through is the opposite color of the dragon. So to have like some kind of contrast. So it was basically some kind of you no know, color study, color theory thing that I wanted to experiment as well. And done that great. So I just wanted to put it in. Yeah, that's the story. Got it. So that seems like another one of those subtle, uh, maybe not in the metadata things that pops up some some traits. Yeah, basically, you can find auras without them being auras. Yeah. Ah, even more rare. You're gonna you're gonna start the treasure hunt, William. <laughs> for everyone. And uh, one other one I had to ask you about. So this this groundy type in the middle here. So this one is number 246. It looks just completely black and white. And I noticed this across a, not just the groundy type, but other types, you know, other color schemes. Is this another one of those things that just, you know, a few of these are coming out black and white? Uh, because these are not the raw type. And in fact, they're subtle. It's maybe more grayscale, whereas the raw is a little more black and white. Yeah, sometimes, like at first it was a bug I had, like the color wasn't assigned. To the, to the dragons and then i thought because it looks like raw and because it yeah basically i wanted to to have those palettes not showing through the dragon to say you're not defined by your color you can be something else 
And, and then basically you're back to square one and you're back to row, the row step. Even if you're not a, a row a dragon type in your metadata, you're there, you're, you're back to square one and you have to find another color. So basically the black and white uh, ones having a corporate are for the people to imagine their own color. When you, when you see them, you can just imagine something else. Wow. Fantastic. I love that. Now I'm going to have to figure out all the ones which have this because I saw a bunch of these and I was like, wait, what am I missing here? Um, and William, so it's, it's, it's now for 430 your time. You are, we're probably about 10, 15 minutes left. You're welcome to stay. I know you, you might have to run as well. Yeah. W- would you like to stay or should we just say goodbye now? And, and then Jared and I, we just have a couple of yeah, things. I guess I can, end. I can push five minutes, I guess. Five minutes. Okay. Okay. Five minutes. Then let's, um, in the last five minutes, uh, for folks, there's a few other palettes we have here, but let's jump down. Do, do you have any three that are perhaps you can pick as your as your favorites? And um, I didn't put it here yet because we, we didn't have a chance to connect about it, but I'll go first so you can see what I mean, and I'll go super quickly. So uh, I, I, the, the top three that I picked from my collection on the left here is number 374. This is there's only seven that are turned gold. This is the only one that was turned gold and age young. And this is, it's really a one of one from that standpoint. It's beautiful. Uh, and so, you know, the, the other age golds are all age 16. Sorry, turned gold are all age 16. Yeah. So that's why I picked this. This middle one is number 55, which is my grail. This is the Aurora that I picked up. I think it's beautiful. You know, I love yeah. the blue, but the, the orange blue combination is uh, just fascinating. Uh, and then the one on the right here, it's number 485. This is an earthy type, I believe, but it has the the colorful background and it just looks so different and cool. It almost, it, this one almost looks like you can see the eye of the dragon here on the left, which yeah. I thought was was special. But perhaps are there any any three that you can pick or if it's too much on the spot, we don't have to do it. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I can't name any. It's very hard. Like my preferred one is the one like being like the cover of the of the series, this one had uh, maybe when I was uh, minting the project, the series, uh, I maybe spent like an hour minting it, like spent an hour, you know, finding the good cover. So I think that that shows how crazy I am, maybe. But uh, yeah, this one is my preferred one, like yeah, because this is the one that represents the whole series. Like it has some silky. It has some unstable temperature and it's a bit aged. So yeah, the cover is the perfect one for me. Ah, perfect. Okay. So we, we got the, the one, not just the top three, but the top one. And yeah, but you can't, you can't have it because it's not in the mint. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Maybe one day in the future, this will be released as a one of one. Maybe, maybe. That would be that would be fantastic. Yeah, and you know, uh, Jared, maybe you want to talk through your top three, and then we can let William go, uh, because yeah. my internet is unfortunately too slow to see how William would spend thirty thousand Tezos right now <laughs> on dragons. Although I want to hear it so badly, but you know, next time, next time. Yeah, the the top three that I chose. The first one was uh, number four, four, four. We talked about it earlier. It's the vegetably palette or type. I like it because it's of the the very young trait. So, you know, you get this just beautiful flow of yeah. the the colors. 
it, it, it just the way the colors intertwine on this thing is just something magical. And I, I just maybe subconsciously thought this, but you know, hearing William talk about it, I, I could definitely see multiple dragons in this piece in almost a racing about, you know, yeah. over a, a deep green sea. I don't know. It's just something about it. It felt very uh, like to me, it, it embodied the essence of, of a dragon and it just, is beautiful the way it came together my next one was 178 we kind of touched on it previously it's that one that has a it, it quite frankly it reminded me of a peacock which was just the way all of the colors came together it had this like beautiful pops of you know green and it almost like that tiffany blue but also the way the and it has like this dominance about it but the way the pinks uh, popped in the in the overall palette was just I, I felt very beautiful it was rare I, I had rare in the sense that like i hadn't seen anything like in the collection i've scrolled through the collection a number of times and it just it always kept speaking to me and the last one i chose uh, i shared the story earlier so a little bit premature but was is 216 it's one of the six raws um i just think it's absolutely of the rolls not that there's many of them there's only six to choose from i just felt that the it was beautiful in the way, in, in some weird way too, how like all of the dragon scales were very calculated. And then like right in the middle of it were these like two long scales that had a, at least for me, a very dominant yeah. look about it. And pretty good. And I felt uh, it, it was just very beautiful the, the way the composition came together, obviously with um, the spawning in the background. So I, I don't know. Those were just, those were my three that stood out in the collection. But that being said, I'm getting FOMO that I don't have any uh, personally. And even further, I'm not allowed to buy any. I just <laughs> launched a fund. So the, that being said, the fund will probably be buying. I shouldn't say probably. They will be buying. We will be buying a ton. But absolutely. I'll, I'll be way more strategic after this conversation based solely on on your input. And I have a deeper appreciation for the collection. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Lovely, lovely picks. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'm just going to stop the screen share so we can say bye-bye. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, William. We really, really appreciate your time and, and staying a couple minutes extra. I think the fans are going to absolutely love this. So, you know, you buy, bought yourself another week or two of not responding to DMs uh, <laughs> coming on here. No, I'm just joking, of course. But uh, seriously, thank you. And thank you to your family for, for giving us this time, taking you away from them as well thank you yeah my girlfriend just texted me like where are you like yeah i'm finishing a goal and like <laughs> really these two won't I stop talking <laughs> yeah well yeah, I it, 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 was, it was really great guys to to talk about this because i think i never had the occasion to talk about all all of all of it on screen so thank you for the question that they are, they are good and it allows me as well to you know dive back into the collection of like almost one year ago when yeah one year old so that's good thank you yeah p we should release it on the one year anniversary that'd be pretty dope kind of like a, a hat hat nod to to dragons yeah, that's actually perfect december 7th all right we'll we'll plan for that all right yeah and, and yes thank you tell your girlfriend thank you and maybe show her the video and then maybe she say okay fine it's okay to relate this time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You don't care. Thank you. She's got a little one at home, man. I know what it's like. Don't worry. <laughs> Run off, my man. We appreciate your time. Thank you. You're yeah. doing wonderful work. Thank yes. you, guys. Thank you. We really See you appreciate later. you. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, 
Yeah, for everyone else listening, uh, you know, Will, William has hopped off, but it, we having internet issues today. So doing our, our you know, what would we buy with 30,000 Tezos is uh, just a little bit more challenging for me at the moment. But so we'll, we'll skip that one this time and uh, just say thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We hope you really enjoyed this. Uh, Jared, where can folks find you and where can they find out more about 8NAP, your your fund that you've launched? The the fund has officially launched as of November 1st. Uh, we're doing quarterly onboarding. So if you do have an interest, please reach out to me. My DMs are open. The next onboarding will be January 1st, 2023. Obviously, some stuff has to be in place before then. Twitter is Jared underscore P-O-Z, pause. And on Discord, it is J underscore pause, P-O-Z. Perfect. So I'm P. Again, I'm at Aston Cloud online. We are at collectors underscore XYZ. We really appreciate you tuning in. If you found this valuable and you enjoyed it, please subscribe. We're on YouTube. We're on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify. Please like and comment and follow us on Twitter. We That's where we give all the updates. So until next time, thank you everybody again for tuning in. And we will see you soon, very soon. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.